This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Power Hour. We are coming to you live from New Orleans, Louisiana. Tell you what. We spared no expense. We spared no expense. We got drones. We got, look at this, night shots. There's the place. We just got to, I'm waiting on my second cup of coffee, by the way, from Cafe Dumont. We'll take care of you. We got yeah. plenty of time. We got the band cranked up. Yeah, we got Brendan Marks hanging out with us. Look at this. Ladies and gentlemen, the world famous live, Brendan Marks. I'm in the flesh. From the yeah. Athletic <laughs> is here. And by the way, I want you to know something. I walked into the Barclays Center on that Thursday night at the ACC tournament. And Marks looked at me and goes, I almost had my free pizza from Packer. This close. Close. This close. <laughs> close. You guys thought I was crazy. We still do. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> the bet was Boston College had to what? Beat Miami? Had to beat Miami. Yeah. Right. And I was. Packer was going to pay you a pizza. He was going to yeah. get you a pizza. I should charge Jordan Miller. <laughs> you know what? And that, that shot from midcourt literally was that close. Yep. Yep. So I'm not, about, I'm not upset or anything. That's okay. Well, how about we give you beignet and call it even? Yeah. I, I'll take that trade off. Yeah. You Very it. gladly. Um, you have, a, and I told somebody this earlier this week, you have one of the more unique positions this weekend because The Athletic, which is a great publication, they ask you to cover both Duke and Carolina. So now here you are. Take me through what you think the most important things leading up to tomorrow non-basketball are what are the most important storylines in your mind? Case final rod, obviously, number one, right? Right, right, obviously. That's top. And to be honest, like, my job was not created for this situation. Like, this is – it's never happened before, right? right. So it was never a possibility, but it's, it's Kay's last game. I think the thing that's getting lost in all this, which sounds crazy, is that, like, one of these teams is playing for the national title. Right. No matter what, like, there is going to be a team from Tobacco Road in the national championship game. So that one's obviously huge. Um, you can't forget what happened the last time these two teams played. Obviously. Obviously, you can't. And uh, I know that a lot of the players, I know that Kay have tried to sort of put the brakes on that a little bit, but there's no way that the rest of us aren't thinking about it. So, you know, you, you add all those in, you add in the stakes of going to the title game. Um, it is everything that I could have ever asked for, and it's, all, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse all at sure. the same time. Yeah. Brendan, that's what I said earlier this week. I, I think this is the biggest national semifinal game involving an ACC team since 1974 when NC State played UCLA in Greensboro as a rematch of a game in which UCLA punked NC State and David Thompson in St. Louis during the year. It was John Wooden, all the mystique, all of that coming to Greensboro, North Carolina. But that was a semifinal game, and NC State wins it in incredible dramatic flair. And it was almost like, hey, time for the celebration. But no, there's a game yeah. Monday. And I, the same thing is going to hold true tomorrow Regardless of North Carolina or Duke wins this game, the winners got one more. And guess what? Villanova's on the other side. Kansas on the other side. They're legit, and they, they can win it. They absolutely are. And that's the thing. It's, it's the emotions of it all that you have to play into them. You have to lean into them. Like Kay says, you have to be present in the moment. At the same time, you got to save some in the tank. Like right. after, there's going to be celebration, but... You know, like Kobe said, job's not finished. So uh, I think that's another thing that's gotten lost a little bit because Villanova and Kansas are great teams, yeah. great teams. And, uh, you know, as big as this one will be, to get to that championship game and then to fall short, you lose a lot of the luster of whatever Saturday would be. Yeah, playing. two things. I think whoever wins tomorrow night with Duke Carolina, the test for Mike Krzyzewski, the test for Hubert Davis is going to be to reload to then try and play whoever on Monday night. I happen to think it'll be Kansas. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, KU is really good. Right. I mean, really good and playing really good. All right, second part of this. And you were there yesterday for Kay's presser. Yes. 
Uh, and it was about basketball, but it was also about what he wants done. And all somebody had to do was ask him if he was going to hang around for Mark Emmert. So, yeah, I mean, what was your initial – and you've heard him kind of go this route before. Right. But he – yesterday he went with a lot more than I think the national people thought he would go with. Yeah, and I, I, like you said, this is not the first time he's expressed this. This is something that, you know, earlier this year he had brought up uh, – I think it was before the first time that they played North Carolina when he had his press conference. He, he, he understands the discontent. Like, he's right there in the center of it. And if there was going to be a guy who – could voice his opinions on the matter, immediately gain respect, and have people listen and pay attention, guess what? It's that dude. So uh, I wasn't surprised. I think the fact that he is getting closer to the end, maybe he's letting go, he's letting loose even a little <laughs> bit more than he normally would have. I don't blame him. But uh, no, I, he is frustrated with you know a lot of things in college athletics. And he has said, you know, even a week ago or so, I believe, he said, you know, like, I, I am disappointed in not a lot of things in my career, but one of them is how as a coach and someone with coaching influence, I didn't do more than I could to, to take power away from, you know, take power for the coaches. And uh, so, no, I wasn't surprised whatsoever. But you know, he's been beating this drum for a long time. Right. That wasn't just a press conference and a soundbite yesterday. And, I, you know, Wes and I talked about it a couple years ago, hosting a series XM Town Hall with, uh, you know, Adam Silver and Mike Krzyzewski. And just to sit back and watch these two guys talk about the business of basketball, where the the NBA was, where the college game is. Adam Silver kept saying, hey, if I have an issue with the NCAA or for college basketball, I want to pick up the phone. Who do I call? And that's kind of where, in essence, what Krzyzewski was talking about yesterday is that we've got to do a better job. We, the collective college world of basketball, have to do a better job moving forward. Right, and I think think part of the frustration for him, too, is that, in theory, there's this NCAA transition committee, and there's an August deadline, and and supposedly things will be changed and ironed out, and uh, we'll have resolutions that have never been discussed before in the NCAA level. He's not going to have skin in the game at that point. You know, he's going to be in Vegas, you know, rolling around. He's going to be gardening in the back. Like, (laughs) he's going to be way past it by then, but uh, no, he'll he'll obviously still continue to have influence. He'll keep pressing the issue, and, you know, with someone in his position, you, you you don't blame him for that. All right, Brendan, here's the, here's the secret sauce, though. Mike Krzyzewski just doesn't walk off on basketball. I mean, the USA Basketball Connection's not there. Grant Hill, though, runs USA Basketball. Right. Interesting note. And, and an important note for Grant Hill because of the understanding both the college game and the pro game. Second thing is this. The NCAA, I know Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Phillips are going to talk. That's been That's like on the list at some point here. I don't know that we'll see Coach K be omnipresent at games. I just don't know that he will do what Roy Williams done. And that's not to say that's good or bad. That's just the way I think he is. But I think he's going to be a huge part of where college basketball goes. I think his influence and his respect of the game and his value of the game plays a big role here. Yeah, it does. And, and I agree with you. He has said he will not be omnipresent at games. He's, you know, he's not cramming into those tiny Cameron bleachers. That's not going to be the <laughs> that is not going to be the Mike Krzyzewski retirement experience. But no, certainly he's going to have influence. He's going to continue being active with Fuqua. He's going to continue being active with, you know, he and Kevin White, I think. You see both of them stepping away. It's not like they are right. stepping away in totality. So, uh, again, now that he's moving into this role, he has a little bit more freedom, a little bit more leeway to do these sorts of things. Obviously, the USA basketball connection. Yeah. I don't know if people realize just how important that is to him. So having Grant being so involved sort of ties in nicely. Like, it, it all makes sense. Brendan, how about the pulse back on Tobacco Road, though? I mean, just the anticipation. And it's always been one of dread 
you know, for, for decades, we've had conversations about, man, can you imagine if Duke and North Carolina ever got together in the NCAA tournament, much less a Final Four? Now you have it. And then you throw in Cage Farewell on top of it. I mean, it's just like the, the ultimate perfect storm. It's one that a lot of fans that love Duke and love North Carolina have dreaded for a long, long time. I started getting texts on, I think, Thursday morning of UNC fans and Duke fans both saying, I don't know if I can watch. Right. I don't even think I'm going to watch it. I'm going to hole up in a bunker with a six-pack of beer, and <laughs> I'll come out after and see what the world looks like. <laughs> and, like, I, that is the sentiment. I know for me personally, like, I live in a little cul-de-sac in Durham. Yeah. I got Duke fans on one side. I got UNC fans on the other. The flags are flying out front. There's no waving this week. There is not friendly neighborly camaraderie. So it, it is going to forever change the dynamic of the rivalry. And I think people do need you to- You think uh, that? I do, I genuinely do, absolutely. How it, do you think it changes though? Because to me, Hubert and John Shire just play two times next year. I mean- They will. They play 200 nearly 60 times. And I get what you're saying. It's the biggest stage it's ever been right. on. Is that the reason the dynamics change? I think it's probably bigger if North Carolina wins the game because then North Carolina fans have the trump cards. That's it. They've already got the one. They would have the other one. And, and it's not just, oh, we're going to, and if they go on to win the title, like, I mean, add insult to injury. But if you go and you eliminate Coach K in his last game at Cameron, then you go and you send him into retirement, like, what, what is the clap back if you're a Duke fan at that point? Like, it, it is going to change things. It's going to tilt them a little bit. Even 1995, Coach K does a, a piece for Sports Illustrated with Alexander Wolf, and he said, I feel bad for whoever would come out on the other end of that one, for good reason. You know what? I, I hear you, but the games will still go on. They will. Right? And, and again, I just mentioned to the Governor Cooper a second ago, we have gotten so spoiled living in the state of North oh. Carolina of the excellence that has been sustained by both of these programs. And you throw an NC State when they're rocking and rolling. If Wake gets the thing cranked up, we're, we're spoiled rotten in the state of North Carolina. So if, you know, if John Shire rocks it and Hubert Davis says his thing, this rivalry is still going to have heat, but this game tomorrow is unlike any of the previous 257 that have ever been played. Yeah, and like, are we ever going to see it again? I think that's the thing that I... Next year. Right. <laughs> that's the thing I'm trying to do, is just live in the moment and appreciate it. Because yeah. like, Saturday night's going to happen, all of the stakes, all the circumstances, we know some of that can't be replicated. Correct. Even if this happens again, like, it, I'm trying to enjoy it as much as I can, and... Again, you know, when we wake up Sunday morning, something will have changed, and uh, we'll keep going on. And you know what the other funny thing is? For folks that are not Duke fans and not North Carolina fans, I'm not necessarily throwing the dart at NC State. I'm talking about anybody, whether you're a Virginia fan, Syracuse fan, Louisville, whatever. I'm always curious at what their position is. It's like, you know what? I'm so tired of the hype. All I've heard about all week is, you know, Duke, it's Carolina, and Kansas and Villanova have almost been treated like, Gosh. hey, you're the NIT runner-ups to the runner-ups to the runner-ups, you know, which is insane. It's crazy. Given how great the program is at Kansas and what Jay Wright and Villanova is all about. I'm always curious what the other folks eventually will say. I'm not watching it, but you know you're going to take a sneak peek just to see what's going on Saturday night. Yeah, of course you are. I, you know, I, I've heard from some impartial observers, too, and I think there's sentiment on both sides. There's people who say, can't wait for Kay to have to call it quits. And there's also people, I think, and this is maybe not the most popular sentiment on Tobacco Road, but there's people who want to see him go out with a send-off. You know, yeah. they want to see the storybook come yeah. full circle. So uh, you pick a storyline, right? If you're an impartial observer, you pick one, you latch on, you buckle in, and go away for the spin cycle. All right, last, last question here. 
We have seen this league do an unbelievable recovery from January 1 to April 1. How much do you think it now buoys 22-23? Oh, massively so. Okay. Massively so. And I think, like, the thing about college basketball is the importance of the non-conference right now is, yeah. is enormous. And if you don't show up in the non-conference, you're putting yourself behind for the entirety of the season thereafter. The ACC had a tough non-conference this year. Yep. Outside of Duke, who was able to beat Kentucky, able to beat Gonzaga, everybody else struggled a little bit. And it took the rest of the course of the season trying to build back from, I think, that point of view. Uh, now we've seen, like, Hubert Davis could coach. John Shire, he's going to have an incredible opportunity. You've still got Jim Laranega, Bayheim. I mean, the coaches in the league are still stacked. The talent is still there. ACC is not going anywhere, and this tournament just reminded everyone. And you also have a guy like Kenny Payne can get Louisville because Louisville has to be good for this league in right. basketball. Yeah. It has to be good. Yeah. Right. And uh, he's got all the resources there. I think a lot of people are excited about that hiring. And the, the, better, the better the ACC is, the better I am, the better we are. <laughs> That's right. It's, yes. all, it's all good for all it's, of us. <laughs> there's some truth in that. <laughs> right? Just saying. Winnings, I say it all the time. You want to change the narrative, win. And when you win a lot, it really helps. Yeah. Uh, terrific job covering this. I appreciate it. I mean, your you. work's been fantastic. Uh, and it's, a, it's an arduous task you've taken on, young man. My gosh, right? I, I, uh, I think it was on Sunday I got called a UNC homer and a Duke homer five times a piece in the span of an hour. It means so you're doing a good job. It means yeah. I'm doing yeah. at least an okay job. Yeah, so. right down the middle. Yeah. Uh, good to see you. Brendan Marks covers Carolina and Duke for the Athletic. When we come back, kids, buckle up, because on New Orleans is Josh Pastner. Yes, he'll walk right here. Look, he's walking in right now. Right, Look Josh. at this. Here he comes. Beignet. Here comes Pastor. All he wants is beignets. You don't want to hang with that. Beignets and coffee. Oh, my God. All right. Half hour with Josh Pastor will be continued. Packer and Durham live from New Orleans at the Final Four. What's up, brother? The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. For anyone who's not putting Carolina as a potential Final Four type of team, uh, I think they're really good. I said it in the, um, in the ACC media day. There's two teams I didn't think people were talking enough about was North Carolina and Notre Dame. I was saying that all along in the ACC media day. I think North Carolina's really good. Um, I think they're good enough to go to the Final Four. They, they're a top 10 team. I don't know why they're not ranked. I don't get it. Or they should maybe they will this week, but they should be in the top ten or in the country. Uh, they're just really talented. Got great guards, great bigs. Uh, you can see I got my third eye. I got two eyes in this eye right here popping out this huge pimple because of when you play Carolina. That's the stress that does that to you. It just forms another eye on your forehead. And um, you know, I just think they're they're really good. So anyone not having them in the top ten in the country, uh, I think you're missing something there. They can go to the Final Four. Like I said, Duke's good enough to win the national championship. Uh, people want to talk about the ACC being down or something. I think that's crazy. ACC is really good. It's just there's so many good teams from top to bottom. So many good – I mean, the amount of great coaches in this league and great players. It's just we're, the, the league, for some reason, people just are, are, are attacking it this year, and it's ridiculous. I mean, Duke and North Carolina can win the national championship. They're good enough to win the whole entire thing. They both might be in the final four. And then you have multiple other teams that can make runs. I mean, heck, Miami, I mean, they, they're top of the league. You know, I think Notre Dame is really, really good. I mean, look how good Wake Forest has been. I mean, Florida State, I mean, they're just the league is really, really good. And um, 
So anyone not given the respect for the league nationally, I think you're making a huge mistake. And um, it's just a great basketball league. Multiple teams can win the national championship from the ACC. Uh, after reliving January 17th's comments by our next guest, uh, it begs only one question. Why are we here? <laughs> Seriously, why are we here? I mean, do, why do we even open our mouths? Because the guy sitting right over here, Josh Passer, was trying to tell the world two and a half months ago, hey, boys, let me tell you, Duke and Carolina get to the Final Four, and there's a bunch of good teams in this league. Well, first of all, you're right. I, uh, if there's ever a time to get the, the Powerball numbers from me, this is the time to do it. So, um, uh, no, I mean, look, the bottom line is when we played Carolina twice, we played them twice this year. Yeah. And both times we played well, but they just kicked our, our backside. I mean, they just kicked our backside. And I tell you what, I was like, man, I thought we played well, but we didn't have any chance to play with them. And I said, like, this team is really, really good. What happened was each time after they played us, they went, you know, like they lost at Miami and at Wake Forest by 30. So, but they I just circled the date. They saw the passers say, "Hey, I know what. I don't know if we're winning a game, but we're going to circle the date." I, the I don't know what it was because we had some. We I don't know if it was because the last couple of years we had beaten them a couple times, and I don't know what it was, but. But I said, man, that starting five is as good as anybody. And so um, they're really, really good, obviously, and they're playing as well as anybody right now. How many teams in this tournament, if you thought all 60, how many teams in, in, in all the entire country can say they could have three players that can score over 30 points? RJ scored over 30, RJ Davis, Caleb Love. Brady Manick versus Baylor was on pace to score over 40. Right. Which is just incredible. Then you have Baycott with a double-double inside. It, it, and, and, and so they're just their starting five is, is lethal. Um, I, you know, it would be an incredible storybook ending for Coach K to walk right. off on a national championship. But if you just look at, if you just take it on the basketball side, I, I, I just think right now Carolina's is, I, I think they're going to win the whole thing. All right. I really do. Outside of you playing Nostradamus, I want to get to what we've learned about ACC basketball. And, and here's why I was excited to have you on the show. Because nobody is more thoughtful about the landscape of all of it. And, yeah, I know you're coaching in the ACC, but you've also coached in other leagues and you grew up playing out west and you're from Texas and all these other things. So what did we learn about the ACC and what were you seeing in January, not just Carolina Duke, but you mentioned the whole league, yeah. which, by the way, ended up performing pretty well in the NCAA tournament, the five teams that win, and the two in the NIT did respectably, right? So what were you seeing that none of us were talking about? Well, here, here's, my, here's my deal on the, on the whole thing, because I was talking about Miami as well, too. I mean, people right. were sleeping on Miami, and, 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 and I remember being on your guys' set even back in – in October at, at you know, in, in Charlotte talking about Notre Dame. Why aren't more people talking about Notre Dame? Right. I mean, they had a whole team back. Let me say this. Um, yes, Coach K's moving out. Coach William, even though you never know, because he's going to pull a Tom Brady on us. Who's that, Roy? Coach K, go, no, Coach, Coach K. K. No, yeah, I don't think we're getting Tom Brady. I don't, I mean, think we're I don't know, but Tom anyway. Um, man needs a dog. Yeah, Man's so, going to get a dog. So, he's going to be fine. Here, here's, here's the thing. And I know this, and, I, and I've said this to a bunch of the coaches in the league, and they, you know, and they all think I'm a little wacky when I say it. And I yeah, said, I've heard you on the coaches' conference call. Yeah. They kind of think you're like, you know, think, but, but hear me off out on this. Down there. But let me let me let me tell you why. Because 
because for the ACC, the ACC almost only had three teams in the tournament. Right. Think about that. If Notre, if if A&M beats Tennessee, Notre Dame's out. If Virginia Tech loses, they're out. That's three teams in the tournament from the ACC. Okay. That can't happen in this league. This league is too good for that to happen. So you say, well, everyone just says, well, why don't you just, you know, you got to win the games in November. That's like the marketing department just saying, hey, if you win games, well, the fans will come. <laughs> okay, well, then why do you have a marketing department? <laughs> Just the answer, go win games. The parity now in this day and age from 200, the team that's ranked 250 to, to 50 is the same. There's not that much difference anymore. So my solution, so just saying, well, win the games in November, I get that. I, that, that is the deal. I'm, but I'm looking at more of a solution base. My solution is in the ACC, let's take out the, the gray area and take out the non-conference games. Everybody play home and home twice. Because hear me out, listen to me. The most teams the ACC has gotten in was when it was 18, when it was 16 and then 18. It hasn't got that many teams in going to a 20 game schedule. It's not going backwards. It's gonna stay at 20. My thing is it should move. If it's not working at 20, let's add games because we're not going the other way. Add games, everybody play twice. It's better for TV, better for ticket sales. You take out the gray area. But you still have the Big Ten ACC Challenge, and you still have a two-game MTE. And if somebody doesn't like that, I would say, okay, well, then if November is going to be judged on everything for this league and for getting teams in the tournament, then let's, let's move the non-conference games back in January. I mean, we've got to find a solution on that because, again, just because what you do in November can literally just ruin the league for the rest of the year. And, I'm, and hey, we've not done our job either. Many teams haven't won what, we've, what you needed to win in November, but it's easier said than just, hey, just go win those games. I, I give, let me give you two scenarios. I, I like your idea, by the way. Uh, do, you really, do you really mean that? Or? I, no, I do, no, I, I'm gonna yeah. tell you why. Yeah. Because I, I think what we do is, the, I think the country should get together and say, hey, the Big Ten's not allowed nine ever again until they finally win this tournament. They've not won this tournament since the year 2000. Let's cap them at five. That opens up four spots. So that, that becomes the juggling act, all right? No disrespect, Big Ten, but you guys haven't won it since 2000. <laughs> get, a, get a clue. And you got a great league. You just, I don't know what happens to you in March. You just tank it. Now be careful. Pastor went to Arizona. I don't care if where he went to school. I don't care if he went to Michigan. <laughs> Twenty-five years ago, yesterday we won the national That's championship. Yeah. And you were on the yeah. floor. That's the, the floor. problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like the idea of pushing back some. I mean, we would get the ACC Big Ten Challenge in November and December, I, and, and I think it gets lost, in my opinion, because football is the dominant sport, and you get great matchups. And for junkies like us who watch every college basketball game, hey, we're into it. But I think a lot of people lose sight of those games. And guess what? It sets a narrative for yep. your league, whether you dominated or get dominated. Right. You know, I do like when you give me the, the SEC Big 12. In Absolutely. January? January I like that kind of breaks up the schedule. Yeah. And you get some matchups. Hey, it's kind of cool to see Kentucky go to Kansas, right? right. It's kind of cool to see, you know, Baylor play uh, Alabama or whatever the case may be. I like that idea. So I think I think you're on well, to something. And, and you think about it that, that, hey, because of the ACC, if you're going to have guys leaving early for the draft, Mm. And if you're and because of the portal, well, maybe teams aren't better and start hitting on all cylinders till later, till January. And and so, if everything's going to be judged in November, we got to be careful about that. And so that's just something to think about in the big picture. And I mean, look, I've said this: Wake Forest is seven. They, they were 13 and seven in the ACC. San Francisco, in the, nothing against San Francisco or the WCC, but they had six or seven losses. They got an at-large, and Wake Forest did. That can't happen. And, and, and so that's my point is we, how do we, 
find a way to come up. And I keep saying, hey, let's play more league games because the less non-conference, the less people can just drill you and set the narrative and have all the different numbers and all that. And those are games that your fan base wants to say. I mean, no disrespect that you've got roast beef A&M coming in on a Tuesday night and you win by 45. I would much rather you play Wake Forest. But let me say this as a head coach. I would rather play Wake – I would rather play Duke than I would rather play a bye game. And you might say, why would you say that? You know why? Because those bye games, people don't get it. The pair, it's not 2000 anymore. It's right. not 1990. The team that's ranked 275 in the country, there's not that much difference from 25. There's really not. And if you get beat, it's demoralizing. The fan base is ready. If you lose to Duke or someone in the ACC, it's an ACC game. And that game makes you better. It makes you better. And it's be- and everyone's looking for more ways to get revenue, more ticket sales. People are going to come to more ACC games. All right. I want to go to the business of college basketball. There is a scenario where a team that played last weekend potentially has 16 guys on scholarship today, maybe 17, or at least that's what their roster would look like if everybody shows up in the fall. How big a concern for you and your colleagues is roster management right now in college basketball after the COVID years, now going back to 13? And by the way, there's a boat coming down the river here, or a train. Train, It's a train train coming down. Good luck for us. Yeah. but so what's what's your biggest concern right now about the landscape of college basketball based on the COVID year, the rosters, things like that? Well, I think a couple things. I think number one is if you talk to some of the coaches who are older, when I say older, who you know coming more towards the end, they would tell you that the portal has made it exhausting for them. Now, as you know, I'm a high energy guy. I got a lot of energy, but the portal is it's exhausting because it's speed dating. Because what you're doing is you're trying to find the kids and you've got to watch them quickly. And then if you haven't called them within 10 minutes, they've already got 100 calls. And so it is roster management. Now, you can sit and complain about it, but that train, as we've just talked about, a train has left the station. (laughs) And there's no handlebars. Like, you can't hang on. Like, that thing has gone. Yeah. So it it is what it is. And it's roster management year in, year out. And everyone talks about these. Everyone talks about the NBA. The difference with the NBA is, and I know there are guys who get paid, but there's, a, there's contracts. There's, there's contracts so you know, you know that, that when a, someone's going to leave you yeah. or there's a free agency. In college, you just don't know at this point. So it's roster management. It's just constant roster management. Way, uh, pretty rude of the Pretty rude of the SEC train to come in here and disrupt the ACC network. <laughs> we own the Final Four. I mean, I know A&M lost last night to the runner-up of the runner-up tournament, but that was rude, that SEC train. Get them out of here. Hey, I, I, I want to tell you guys a true story. You were talking about Tony Bennett yesterday, about him being – about the, Virginia hiring him yesterday, right, right. on the yeah. – whenever it was, 2009. I was in Cal. I was in. I w- we were in California. I was a Lute Olson, Coach Olson. We were out recruiting. I, I don't. I, it was some sm- breakfast place at a pancake house. I, it might have been the Waffle House. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, like, you'd remember the Waffle you'd House. Remember the Waffle, Waffle, Waffle House. Yeah, yeah. But, but 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 we were at a pancake. He was. Th- he Craig Littlepage was trying to get Coach Olson to come be their head coach at Virginia in 2009. Coach Olson's wife at the time, Christine Olson, was a big Virginia grad. 
I was sitting with Coach Olson. We were at the breakfast table. He was talking to Mr. Craig Littlepage and working out all the details on the napkin. And, and, and Coach, was he was a little upset some things at Arizona. He was ready to about to go to take the Virginia job. Honest to God, I was sitting there across from the wow. table. He was writing things out, wow. Craig Littlepage. In the end, I think Coach, he went back to Arizona. He wasn't really ever going to leave. <laughs> But he and Craig Littlepage were getting to the final parts of negotiations about going to Virginia. This was before they hired Tony. Now listen, it's worked out for everybody, obviously. The anniversary was yesterday. Yes, yeah. I know. Yeah. And, and so I remember, when, you, I, when I was listening to you guys, I remember that part when Coach and I were sitting in a breakfast place and he and Craig, Mr. Craig Littlepage were talking about the Virginia job, working out details on a napkin. And um, but he fortunately he turned it down for coach's sake. He needed to stay at Arizona, and obviously worked out for Virginia with Tony Bennett. But it just shows you how you never know in these things. Things can change, and you know, and all that stuff. Tell you what, more story time with Josh Pastors coming up next. Hey, is there a, hey, what other coach? My sideburns are so long. I didn't have a chance to cut them. There, it's even my even the mic thing here gets yeah, lost. Yeah, really, you know it really I mean? is eye catching. <laughs> uh, it really doesn't look like squirrels running down the side of your face at all. Your sideburns don't have a Twitter account. There is something yeah, seriously yeah, that's wrong. It. Your sideburns do need a Twitter account. Uh, more with Josh Pastor coming up. We're live at Jackson Square in New Orleans on the uh, eve of the Final Four. Uh, by the way, a full nothing but net coming up uh, later this afternoon as well. Uh, we got a women's lacrosse doubleheader starting tomorrow at noon. Number four, Syracuse welcomes Pittsburgh to the Dome. That's a 12 o'clock start. And then Virginia Tech is at Boston College Pack. And you know what that means. That's Charlotte North goals, ladies and gentlemen. A Remember last year against Virginia Tech, Charlotte North scored 10 goals. Wow. That's 4 o'clock tomorrow on ACC Network, streaming live on the ESPN app. More with the shy, reserved head coach of Georgia Tech, Josh Pastor. Uh, and we'll lock in on the state of the ACC and Duke Carolina tomorrow in the national semifinal. And What's this about a coaches convention and what all what all goes on at that convention during the final four? I'm guessing it's a big social hour next. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Hey, don't forget, spring football continues tonight on ACC Network, uh, 7 o'clock. I tell you, after talking to Dino Babers yesterday, you feel a little different about the old Orange, don't you? He feels good about them. Yeah. So that's tonight at 7. Drew Carter, Barrett Brooks will be there. Then Sunday, Drew Carter pivots to work with Rocky Boyman and Larissa Harris in Louisville. Get a look at Scott Satterfield's cards. Sats in Minneapolis tonight with Jeff Walls' team. And then Sunday, 4 o'clock, Louisville spring game. All spring football, all spring long on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. And, of course, Georgia Tech's already finished up their spring game. Oh, look okay. uh, We got walk-up music. Had the beer garden going out there at the uh, 20-yard line. Yeah, I wasn't, at, I wasn't there, but I, Coach Collins is going to have a good team this year. They're ready to go, yeah. and they're going to surprise people. they got a tough non-conference, yeah, they but do. I'm just telling you, they, they're going to surprise people. I'm excited about them, and, and he's excited about his team. Um, if you're out there in, in Atlanta, buy 
football tickets. <laughs> buy football tickets. Okay. Support the football team. Right. We're going to have a great year this year with Georgia Tech football right. and Coach Collins. Once again, Josh Pastor from the marketing department is here on the set. Just with win us. games. Yeah, just win games, right? No, but you got to get. But, but, <laughs> yes, I understand that's okay. important. All right. They're going to have a great All season right. this year, and Coach Collins is is, is ready to go, and they're and they're going to have a good team. All right. And up with Clemson. Mark has Clemson. expressed some concern yeah. this week for your friend John Calipari. Is he doing okay? Well, yeah, look, I mean, obviously, first of all, I I was with Coach Calipari yesterday, last night, and uh, look, uh, Kentucky was good enough to win the national championship, and, and, you know, in this tournament, which is just, it can, you know, abruptly end awfully quickly, and and that's what happened to them for St. Peter's, and... um, that's part of the deal, the upsets. I mean, I think he really felt his team was good enough to win the whole thing. But, you know, as I've said many times, and yeah. especially at a school like Kentucky, it's not the road to the conference championships. It's the road to the Final Four. Uh, I know it eats at them, but, you know, they're going to get the best players in the country, and they'll be back at it and competing for a national championship next season. It's been a tough week, though, for Kentucky fans, though, because you had Kansas pass them oh. all-time wins. You had North Carolina pass them all-time NCAA tournament wins. You had the Coach K thing. You got a North Carolina thing. All this, quote-unquote, blue blood talk, and it's kind of hard not to talk blue bloods without Kentucky. No, well, and look, um, it, it happens, um, you know, obviously, uh, when you're dealing with 18 to 23-year-olds, oh. 24-year-olds, if they don't put the ball in the basket, as I mentioned, the season can abruptly end, especially in a one-game scenario. And it goes to my point, there's not that much separation, even from Kentucky to St. Yes, Kentucky to St. Peter's budget-wise is different than everything else. But the players, there's just not that much separation anymore in this day and age. And that's why you see what happens, happens. And and for people in the industry, it's for the outside, they say, wow, the upset, the upset, the up, that's incredible. But in the industry, you're like, and it's not that surprising or shocking because of the amount of parity amongst college basketball. All right. What kind of game, given they've played twice, what do you think we see tomorrow night with Duke and Carolina? Gentlemen, if North Carolina wins, does does Hubert Davis automatically pass Roy Williams and Dean Smith Stop. as the greatest coach Stop. in the hit? No, wait, wait, wait. Can I answer that? He No. Wait, but listen. <laughs> He, they beat Coach K in his final it. thing. Stop. If they end Coach K on his final Stop. game in Carolina, no. No. you guys, you've been around. No. The Carolina no. fans. No, you no. were on such a roll. You, you were know, doing we, great. We run the clip of January 17th. I like your theories and philosophies, but the answer to that one is, a, is an I, I just know the rivalry between those two and, and, and what it means. So, But look. Tomorrow, first of all, Duke right now, the reason I believe Duke is playing at such a high level um, is a lot of it is Jeremy Roach. I mean, he had not been playing like this all throughout the season. And again, they've won over, anytime you win 30 plus games, you're really good. So they've won, they've they've over the 30 win mark. Part of the the recent success is Jeremy Roach. He's been outstanding. Um, And then North Carolina, like I said, it's not as much about them defensively. It's can you stop them because of their offensive firepower. Now, will it be different here in the Dome? You know, not everyone shoots as well in the Dome in these settings. So that could play a little bit of a factor. If, if that affects anybody, if that affects North Carolina, that would give the slight edge to Duke. I really think in the end, North Carolina is going to end up winning the whole thing. But you know what? Duke has shot over 51% in all four tournament games. They've been consistently good. You, you know what's amazing is you don't get to 1,200 wins without being excellent. <laughs> and, in, and in the game versus Arkansas, how many times, you know, versus Texas Tech and Arkansas, 
the, the adjustments that Coach K made, coming out of timeouts to go to zone, right. or the, 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 the play setting up to get Benchero at the block, to get the, the get, get the, he got fouls and got to the free throw line. I mean, again, you don't get to 1,200 wins without knowing what you're doing. And Josh, you know what I think is one of the most underrated calls that Coach K's made in this tournament? It, it wasn't necessarily the Michigan State last five minutes, which was critical. The zone, but I thought the timeout and the, about the first four minutes of the Texas Tech game were quite frankly, those grown men punched yep. them right in the face. Yep. They had them down like 9-2, whatever it was. And Kate took a timeout just to settle everybody down. Duke had, I think, three turnovers and three air balls. And they looked completely disheveled. And Texas Tech was about ready to end it right there. That timeout settled his guys down. They got right back in the game. I thought it was one of the best games of the tournament. Yeah, no, and Texas Tech's really good. And, and you guys know that how guy's tough good. they are. To, he, he, coach Mark Adams is a, an elite coach. But, yeah, again, but him calling the timeout, him settling his guys. Again, yes, he's had great players through his career. And I and, and that's part of college basketball. you got to have you got to recruit. you got to yeah. get great players. That being said, you've also got to make adjustments and and you don't get to the level he's at without making great adjustments throughout his course of his career. It has happened this tournament multiple times. All right, we're going to close on this. Final Four is always the site of the National Association of Basketball Coaches annual convention. A lot of jobs are determined at this event. A lot of things happen at this event. In your mind, What's the most important thing folks need to know about the annual coaches convention? And I put that in air quotes at this event at the Final Four. A lot of people hear about the coaches hotel and all that. Well, you know, it's a great opportunity to network and to socialize. Um, we do have a head coaches meeting today. Oh, do so you? What time is that? That's at 11.30. About a half need, an hour ago. We need, to, we need to get over there for the coaches meeting. There is a head coaches Cocker meeting. I need to come to that? You can come to that. Okay. You yeah, can get on stage. Part of it. But there is a head coaches meeting at 11.30, and they'll usually talk about the state of the game and everything what's going on. And so I like to be there to hear what what's, what's going on. You hear some of those legends get up and and, and say their piece, and, and it gets a little heated at times on some people and this and that. But, uh, um, you know, again, the game is really healthy right now. That being said, there are a lot of things that, again, you can sit and complain, and sit, but the train has gone that has left the station, and there is no going back on NIL right now until they get that fixed with the with the with the Congress on how that's going to be in, a, in you know a uniformed act on, on all 50 states. Right now, it's not that situation. Right. The transfer portal is that thing is, is 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 that that train has left the station. And the other thing to keep an eye on, which I think's more impactful than both of them is the Alston case in the Supreme Court, which is the educational expenses. Because if that gets passed, then that moves on to the university or the institute because it goes under their budget, where the NIL is on the outside. And let me tell you on the educational expenses, right now it's capped right under $6,000. Great. If they let it to be where it's, where it's just unlimited, what's an educational expense? Hey, can you get a kid a car? He needs to get to class. That's oh an educational gosh. expense. Oh a scooter, uh, a park, whatever. You can manufacture whatever you need to for education, which I get. But that would open up a big can of worms if they just let it be without a cap right now. That's the one to really look at coming down the pipe is the Austin case in the Supreme Court. You know, it's a lot easier just to be a broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're right. you, you're, you might be right on that, yeah. but, but coaching's fun. Yeah, it's a great and the money's deal. not bad. No, it, you get it's 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 a, it's great all the way around. But look, you have to be flexible. You have to adapt. And if anything, you know, as we've all gone through, even with the COVID thing, being able to change and, and be changing on the fly and adapting, 
as you move into even past that, you've got to stay in that mentality yeah. as things are evolving. And if you try to push back against it, it's it's not going to, you're going to get left behind. And and, and our league has got to continue to, yeah, to, no to deal with it and be on the forefront of it all as well. I think our work is done here, don't you, Pac? Well, I mean, if Pastor wants the job, he's got it. I think Pastor you're in. Dish. You can come back and co-host anytime. I, listen, I want to be in the tournament next year. I want, be, <laughs> I want Georgia Tech to be in the tournament next year. I and, and, I, and I like our group. we got to get some guys in the portal. We had a young group. we got to get them. The, 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 and you see Alvarado just signed an incredible deal. Yeah, it's awesome here. Yeah, they love it. They love them. You know, we, you know, we lost, so we lost some good players the year before. Bad news is we had to play a lot of young guys last year. The good news is a lot of those young guys got a lot of playing time, right. so it should be better for I mean, us next year. Let me give you a little recruiting tip. Patrick Maceroni, who coaches Archbishop Stepniak, is going to come right over here in a minute. You can talk to him. He's he's had a lot of players. I don't know why he hasn't sent me any players. Yeah, that's that's why we're going to let y'all talk about that. That's why I'm sitting here talking to you, yeah, not we'll in the final come, four. We'll come and back in a moment. His coaches sent players the to the final four. The coach of R.J. Davis said A.J. Griffin's going to join us on set. He's in a tough spot. Well, not really, but he is, and we'll talk to him next when Packer and Durham continues. Pastor's going to recruit. We'll be back in a moment right here on ACC Network. Unbelievable. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham live from New Orleans, Louisiana. Men's Final Four gets cranked up tomorrow, but of course you got practices today. What, am I working the show with Roger Moore now all of a sudden? No, What's I mean, going on here? We got the sun. It got a little bright, so I brought some shades out. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, we, we got Coach Mass. You know, I, I always say Coach Mass. I think Raleigh Massimino, but we yeah. got another Coach Mass joining us now. Uh, Patrick Massaroni is the uh, head basketball coach at Archbishop Stepanak. Am I saying that right? Yep, Archbishop Stepanak. Stepanak. You got it. Yeah. Uh, White Plains, New York. He is uh, He's a proud papa at this event uh and you've been a proud guy all year long two of your most noted players you've had great division one talent in your program but you're kind of in the middle of the road tomorrow night aj griffin played for you rj davis played for you you got that right how do we handle this well i thought we were good you know i thought we were good they both won and they both were the best players in in both of the games so i thought they were good aj had 27 yeah cameron excuse me at uh at UNC and RJ had 20 something at, at Cameron and I thought we were done right one and one both play well and now we're back in a spot where uh, it's obviously great for stepping out great for New York and and uh, excited for the two of them coach here's the other good news uh, it also gives you two options to get tickets I mean you know normally if you can lead in one way you can only get so many well we got a little issue with that and this might not be the states to do it but the NCAA <laughs> it's a violation to leave a high school coach a ticket for a neutral site game well, you're so out. right now, I got nothing. You're but, Are you serious? Uh, yeah, right now. But uh, I got some stuff in the works, <laughs> and uh, I think I think I'll be able to get in there tomorrow night. But holy cow, uh, the NCAA with everything going on, but that's a whole nother. Well, thank God they got topic. that rule and they keep guys yeah, like yeah, you let's out keep of the going forward. So. Yeah, exactly. But we're gonna figure it out. We'll be able to get in there and hopefully sit right center court, neutral All colors. Right. All right, easy to say you saw this coming, right? I mean, but did you? I mean, for the for. In regards to the, the matchup the, itself? The, well, the talent. The, the individual players is talent. I mean, A.J. Griffin, highly decorated yep. player. Alan Griffin's son. R.J.'s dad was one of the great scorers yep. in college basketball history. I think Mercyhurst, yeah, is yeah, that right? 2,000-plus points. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you, you saw these kids play. Were they easy to see at the next level? I mean, I think for, for one case, right, you start with A.J. He's, he's 
has the physical attributes and, and God-given ability that, um, you know, not surprised one bit. And I think publicly and nationally for RJ, he's always been, you know, the underdog. And uh, our, some of our former players have always said you never doubt RJ in a big game. You never doubt RJ to get to this stage. Um, so, you know, it, it surprises me a little bit that both of them got here. Uh, but, but for RJ's sake... Um, he's still, you know, still doubted and still not right. as talked about as much. And he keeps just, he gets you 31 game and he gets you 12 assists and a turnover, the ne- you know, the next game. He's just, it's been a great control of the game. Well, here's the other thing, too. Once Hubert Davis got him at point, North Carolina's been a completely, totally different team. He's just controlled the pace of the game. You know, he's got them into what they need to do. And they've been a different team. They've been a different team, uh, you know, since then. And uh, I think they had to figure some things out defensively. And their rotation got real, real tight yeah. and small. But... He plays 40 minutes a game or 45 versus Baylor and just never gets tired. No. It's, uh, I mean, Mark and I were there at Cameron to watch him get to the rim. And personally, I think that's the number one priority tomorrow night for Duke on defense is to keep him from getting down the line. The way he, I mean, look, highlight here, whether it's a pull up, whether it's go all the way to the rim, whether it's drive and kick, I mean, he's clearly is a great point guard he is and and uh he really gets to gets in that lane he finishes um i think the catholic officials in new york you'd ask a lot of coaches game of one or two more calls and the acc officials <laughs> a, a lot of guys tell him stop falling but uh he used to get that call in new york not in new york anymore but he does uh, do a great job of getting in and then you know i think he he's become a, a huge fan of brady and caleb you know, shooting the ball at such a high level. Um, and I think there was a point during the year he just told Mondo, you got to do a better job finishing, and the guy's done that, you know, so. And then you get A.J., looks like he's getting his confidence Man, back with his cool. stroke. And yeah. there have been a couple times this year you, you read Cage's lips by going, shoot the ball. You got this. Let's and, go. And if you looked last Saturday night, told him to be more aggressive, you right. start putting on the floor, getting to that elbow, smaller guy on him. Um, A.J., I think, has so much more in his his arsenal right. their team is so good they have so many weapons um that he could do more than shoot it everybody's known but uh anytime he turns down a shot Kay is you could you could read his lips yeah. him and john and them are are telling him get that ball up and, and when you shoot at 50 percent, you got the green light patrick i want to ask you about the recruiting process because i'm going to guess that some of aj griffin's recruiting was coach k and john shire like yeah. Roy Williams and Hubert Davis involved with RJ. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that was accurate, you know, with that. And John and, and Coach K were so early with AJ. Uh, he decided so early. He was one of the earliest guys to commit since K's been there. Um, whereas on the other side, Roy and Hubert kind of came in late. Um, like I said, RJ didn't get to that, that blue blood, higher tier, you know, scholarship offers until late junior year for whatever reason. I think he's proven a lot of people that told, you know, my, my assistant coach Rodney Swain and I, that he wasn't good enough or, you know, wow. wouldn't offer him. And then I think when some of the, the ACC schools got involved, they uh, everybody got involved. It was too late. But, yeah, I mean, Hubert had done a great job with the lead, and Roy came in at the end, and same with John and, and Kay. So it, it's, it's crazy to see that. Isn't it cool at high schools when star coaches come to town? I mean, it, it's got to be it's like rock stars, yeah, right? Yeah, we were, we were in a stretch there when it was like it was Kay, Jay Wright, Hubert and Roy, <laughs> uh, Patrick Ewing, uh, Jeff Capel, <laughs> Uh, who was at Archie Miller was at Indiana, um, Calipari, right? Yeah. And they were all on like a two-week time frame for these guys in, in that fall recruiting period. And it was just surreal to sit back and say, hey, a school in White Plains, New York, right, in the Catholic League um, could go ahead and, and attract all these guys. Uh, and these two guys just proved that you could stay home, go to school for four years at a, at a high school and yeah. not, you know, go to prep school and go ahead and, and be successful. And it was it was awesome for our whole school community to, to embrace that. 
Well, I tell you what, this will be fun for you especially. Congratulations. Thank Great you guys. to have you I with us. I can't wait to see where you end up tomorrow night. <laughs> because I tell you what, if I see you down there in the third row, I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? The NCAA is looking into this <laughs> right away. <laughs> That's well, hopefully, hopefully you do the right thing. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.